Christ. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Subscribe to Can I Get an Amen at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com. Again, that's www.canigetanamen.podbean.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my very first podcast to Can I Get an Amen? All right. <laughs> that is taken from my preaching style. Uh, as you listen to me preach, you'll hear me say amen all the time. So I'm always fishing for an amen. So I call this podcast, Can I Get an Amen? <laughs> A fun fact, the introduction for the show was recorded by my very own son, Jazz. Thank you so much for that, buddy. Um, today, uh, I guess I should tell you a little bit about what to expect. Um, this podcast is going to be mainly um, a way for me to get some of the sermons that I've preached over the years uh, out to you. And uh, so it'll be preaching heavy. Uh, you'll be able to uh, listen to um, some of the word that God has given me for my church, Vida Church. Uh, but I'm also going to be um, doing some version of this show uh, where I will be interviewing some of my best friends, pastors, preachers, prophets, evangelists, um, and, and I'll be bringing those conversations to the Can I Get an Amen podcast. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interactive, um, where hopefully we'll be able to uh, find a way you guys can email me. We can start to have conversation. We can I can read your uh, emails or messages right here. Uh, you can see me on my Facebook page, Bishop Person Gonzalez. Um, so there'll be a lot of ways that we can connect and share. Uh, today's sermon is called The People of God Make a Difference, and this is taken from a sermon series that I did right after Easter, um, where I, I tried to take those new people that came and shared with them who the people of God are, and what our responsibilities are, and what the benefits are. It was a great series, and this is one of those sermons. It's called The People of God Make a Difference. Let me tell you, man, the purpose of life isn't so that you could be happy. It's so that you could be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have your life make some kind of difference, that you have lived a life and you lived a, a life uh, well. You lived your life well. Um, so let's get to the Word. Let's get to the altar at Vida Church. Uh, and we'll get better at this as we go. Uh, we'll be including your word, your comment, and I'm excited about this. Um, let's go to the Word. Jude, verse 21. You don't even have to say chapter 1. It's Jude, verse 21 and 22. It's only one chapter. It reads like this. <clears throat> Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This is what I really want to, 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 to extenuate or, or, or stress here. And of some have compassion. You can't save the whole world, but you can, you can help some. 
menaces making a making a difference. The people of God make a difference. Amen. If I were, if someone were to ask me, well, what are the what 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 is it that you want from a member? I, I want two things from every member. Now, and, and I hope that you that you get this into your spirit. Two things I really want from every single member. I want them to devote their lives to a personal relationship with God. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to try to fit God into your busy schedule. I don't want you to try to make God a part of your life. I want you to devote your life to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Coming to you can't tell me that you have a committed personal relationship with Jesus Christ when all you do is come to church for an hour and a half on Sunday. Amen. Let me, help me do my job. I want you to get engaged with what we're doing. We have good plans. We have good leaders. We have good ministries. But not enough of you are taking, taking advantage of what God has set up for you. There's a beautiful table that God has set up for you here. And you're just not sitting at the table. You're standing at a buffet line. When God wants to serve you. Amen. Amen. So, so I want you to write that down for yourself. Devote your life to a personal relationship with God. That's the first thing my pastor wants from me. And then second, your pastor wants you to make a difference. I want you to commit yourself to living beyond yourself. I want you to make a decision that my life was, was, is, is about more than just me. My life is more than just my money. My life is more than just my family. My life is more than mine. I was called to make a difference in this world. I want the people that know me. I want the people that know of me. I want to know the people, the people that know about me to be blessed by the idea of who I am, about how I live my life. Amen. Let's make a difference together. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I want to make a difference with you. Man. So in order for, for, in order for us to do that this morning, I'm going to try to move quickly. Uh, uh, you, there's some things that you need to know in order to make a difference. Five things, in fact, that I want to do. And, and, and when I make lists, I, I, I start with a letter and I finish with the same letter. So it's purpose, principle, power, plan, place. Five things. It just works out that they all start with P. Huh? So, so you're asking, okay, Bishop, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm supposed to dedicate my life to, 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 being, to having a personal relationship with God. I get that that means that I'm going to take part of, of growth track. It means I'm going to join a life group. It means that I'm going to come to prayers and fasting when we do it. I'm, gonna miss, I'm not going to miss any Sunday services. I'm going to commit my life to a personal walk with Jesus. I mean, I'm going to use the church. I'm going to let the church form me. I'm going to trust my pastor and the leaders of Vida so that they can bring me through the process of maturity and, and bringing me to a place of, of growth. That might sound oversimplistic to you, but I'm telling you, that's what we're here to do. Amen. So the first thing you need to know how to make a difference is you need to know your purpose. Listen to me, great minds have purpose, others have wishes. Great minds operate under purpose, other minds only operate under wishes. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans 
that I have for you. That's, that's, that's something powerful, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. There's purpose in that verse. God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of you. You would not be alive if God didn't have a purpose for your life. There are no throwaway lives. God doesn't send anybody to the earth without him having a plan and a purpose for. There was a certain old man who asked the same question of everybody that he met, especially new people that he met. He asked this, 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 this question and, he, and he'd fall into this conversation with him. But it was a tough question. He'd look at him and say, what have, you done that you, what have you done that you believe in and that you are proud of? There's a, there's a conversation starter. What have you done that you believe in? What have you done that you're proud of? This old man, he was, he was funny because he, he wouldn't ask the normal questions like, where do you live or how are you? He'd ask the, the, the poignant question. What have you done with your life that has brought you meaning? What, what, what are you most proud of that you've done in your life? What an interesting question. That question, when he asked it to people, it, it was unsettling because people had built their lives under their own self-esteem and their wealth. And, and they felt funny saying, well, I made a lot of money. Really, that's what you're most proud of in your life? Some people talk about their family or some people would talk about their jobs. But, but, but the old man explained, I didn't really care how they answered. All I wanted them to do is to think about it. This morning, I'm asking you the old man's question. What have you done with your life that has brought purpose, that you feel that is part of your purpose? Man, you should live your life in such a way that you can answer that question and be proud to answer it. What's so important about your life? You need to know your purpose. You need to know your purpose. At, at, at Vida Church, we have a, we have a, we have a very clear vision and, and mission and purpose. We, we are here so that we want to help people to know God, find freedom, discover, and make a difference. That's why we're here. Amen. And everything that we do is going to be wrapped around that idea. We used to call that uh, upward, inward, outward, forward. Amen. That, 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 that developed into know God. Find freedom. Amen. Discover purpose. Make a difference. Amen. Then you need to know your principles. You're never going to really know your purpose until you establish what your principles are. Your principles help you reach your purpose. What lies behind you and what lies ahead of you is not as important as what lies within you. What matters most is, is the kind of man, the kind of woman you are. Your convictions. The why of your life. You need to discover the why of your life. Why are you doing what you're doing? Amen. If what you're doing doesn't match the why of your life, change what you're doing. Because the why is more important. Your principles will dictate what your purpose will be. Because there are some things that you may want to do that your principles won't allow you to do. So my purpose can't be or exist outside or beyond my principles. My principles hold my life up. Convictions are what we believe in. Principles are what we would die for. 
Amen. Whenever there's a separation between principles and practice, your life breaks down. Let me say that again. Whenever there's a separation, whenever, whenever your principles and your behavior are not matched, your whole life starts to shake. It starts to, 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 to malfunction. You're designed to have your life with your principles and your practices to be aligned. Amen. And when you start to live your life outside of your principles, your life starts to shake. Because God's not pleased. God's not in it. Amen. My principles are, are, are surrounded or, or, or they're, they're based on the, the truth of the word of God. And so when I start living outside of God's truth, my principles, my life doesn't make sense. Somebody's having trouble in their life today. And this little point can help you straighten out all the problems in your life. Line up your principles to your behavior and your life is going to change. Amen. Stop saying what you believe and start living it. Live it. Live what you believe. Live what you believe. Live, live what the word of God says. Amen. In ancient China, the people desired security from the barbaric uh, invading hordes from the north. And so in China, everybody knows that in order to protect themselves, they built the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China is 30 feet high, 18 feet thick, and more than 1,500 miles long. The Chinese goal was to build an absolute impediment, impenetrable defense that was too high for the enemy to climb, too thick for him to break through, and too long for him to go around. Mm -hmm. During the first hundred years of having the wall in existence in China, the wall was successfully invaded three times. But it wasn't the wall's fault. Nobody ever went over it, nobody ever went through it, and nobody ever went around it. What happened was that the enemies of China simply bribed the gatekeeper and they marched right through. The purpose of the wall failed because of the breakdown in the principles of the people. Now, I believe God is calling us to lift up a mighty church. I think, I believe that the, the, the vision comes from God. I believe that what we have set is of God. Where are we failing? The place we might be failing is in the principle of the people. The wall is high. The wall is thick. The wall is long. But there are people that are letting the enemy walk right through the doors. That's what makes us susceptible to the enemy attack. That's what makes us a place that, that, that is having conflict and trouble. That's why we're not reaching the people that we know we're called to reach. Somebody in this place has got to get it into their heart. Amen. God has given us a solid plan. God has given us a mission. We've got good pastors, good leaders. We've got good worship. We've got good preaching. Where are we missing it? It might be the people that are watching the door. Us. Hmm. When our principles break down, so does our life. And if our lives break down, society breaks down. Your principles are going to make you, they're going to help you make a difference. The temptation of Christ in Matthew chapter 4. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read a few verses with you. 
If you don't have it, it's on the screen if you want to read it with me. The Word of God reads, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, some of y'all don't know it. When we say that, we all, we all shout, I believe. It's like saying amen, but it's our way of saying it. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when the tempter came in, he said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Listen to me, you need to know your principles. But he answered and said, it is written. It's not what I want. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the, out of the mouth of God. Listen to me. When, when the enemy tempts you with something and you want to do it, believe me, Jesus was hungry after 40 days. He would have loved some bread. His body and everything in him wanted the bread, but principle is going to stop you from doing the wrong thing when you want it bad. I know he wanted bread. But his principle said, no, the word of God said, no, I don't know, that ain't right. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and sitteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast out your, cast thyself down for it is written. The devil knows the Bible too. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest any Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. But Jesus said to him, it is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. You're not going to try. You're not going to put him to trial. You're not going to put him to proof the way some of you do. Lord, if you're real, get me out of this jam. Lord, if you're real, help me with this. Lord, if you're real, stop trying to put God on trial. And start believing in the principles that you know are true. God is greater than your little tests. Jesus could have jumped and said, that's true. I believe I, I could just fly. And then the devil again took him up into exceeding, an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of them and said to him, all these things I give thee. If thou will, will fall down and worship me. Remember, uh, Jesus is God. Jesus is used to worship. Jesus, Jesus in his nature is God. Gods are worshipped. He is playing to his godness here. He's, he's playing to his divine nature. You know people ought to worship you. You know all these, these people, they, they, they ain't responding well to you. They ain't going to love you. They ain't gonna, you, know, you know how this story ends. But if you worship me, I'll have them all worship you. Wow. Wow. Sounds, sounds just like what Jesus would have wanted. But what did he say to him? Jesus said unto him, get thee hence or get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord your God and in him only shalt thou serve. An, unprinci an unprincipled life will lead to destruction. You can have a good heart but have a bad, an unprincipled heart and your life is going to be a mess. And you're going to say, man, but I'm a good person. Why aren't things going right for me? Good is not right. You got to live right, not good. Because our idea of good is far below the standard of God. Amen. A principled life will guide you when nothing else is left. You need to know your purpose and you need to know your principles. Stop living according to what you want 
Start living according to how you believe, and your life is going to have an impact. You're going to, have a, you're going to start to change people's lives. You're going to make a difference in this world when you hold on to the, what you believe. Number three, you got to know your power. You got to know your gift. You got to know what God has given you. You got to know your power. You got to believe. Now, I'm not one of these people that's name it and claim it. I'm not going to be one of these people that, that if you pray for it, God's going to do it. You know, I believe God has a divine plan. And I really believe that when we pray, we ought to pray in the spirit because the spirit will give us utterance. And, and if we pray in the spirit and we ask for something, it's what God wants anyhow. And in that sense, yes, if you're praying in the spirit and you're asking God what the spirit is, is welling up in your heart, God is going to do it every time. But God is not like a, a, a Aladdin. He's not the fresh prince. Isn't Will Smith the new Aladdin? <laughs> I, you know what, man? I'm, having, I'm watching the scenes, but he's like trying to rap. Never had a friend like me. It ain't, it ain't doing it for me. Wah, 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 wah. I mean, come on. We'll see. I'm going to give him a try. I'm going to give him a try. He looks funny blue. But you got to know your power. You got to know your power. Listen, there's a power that you have as a child of God. There's a power that you have as a member of a church. There's a power that you have that is connected to your destiny in God. There's a power. But you have to make sure it's connected. <laughs> in, in a seminary missionary class, there was a guy named Herbert Jackson. And he was told as a new missionary, uh, he was receiving a car. They assigned him a car, uh, but the problem was that the car wouldn't start on its own. You had to push it and, and hit the clutch, and then, you, and then it would turn on. So, so after pondering the situation, he devised a plan. He went to a nearby school near his home, and he got permission for, for the, some of the kids in his class. That every day when he was going out to do his missionary work, some of the kids in school would come push him and start him off. And that's how he'd get to Kara every day, every day for two years. And whenever he parked somewhere, there was a hill. He'd park on a hill. And so once he finished, he'd come and undo the blood and go right down the hill and pop it. Otherwise, he'd just leave the car on, do his thing and leave it. For two years, for two years, every day, they push him to start it. He'd park on the hill or he'd leave the car on. Uh, one day, uh, he got sick and it was time for him to leave. He had to leave to go back to his house. They sent a new missionary to take his place. And they told the new, and, 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 and Jackson was telling the new missionary, listen, this car is awesome, but let me tell you the trick. This is what I did in these two years. Every day these kids come and they push it and, and, and I park it on a hill and, and when it's go, I, and, or I just leave it on. And while he's doing that, the new missionary guy opens up the trunk and says, hey, Mr. Jackson, have you tried making this connection tighter? And he twists it around, gets in the car, and to Mr. Jackson's surprise, vroom, turned right on. He turned right on. For two years, this Mr. Jackson went through needless trouble. And his needless trouble became his routine. Why? There was power all along. But the connection to the battery was weak. All he had to do was tighten the connection to the battery and he wouldn't have had to go through all that. But when the new guy came, he saw what 
the power disconnection was. Somebody in this room has to understand that you have, you don't have to go the rest of the next two years having someone push you or parking on a lean or leaving the power on all the, all the time. All you got to do is make sure that the connection is right. Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He, he went about doing good things and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. And, and for God was with him. He had power. He was connected to the power. I'm telling you that if you want real power, if you want to really unleash the power of God in your life, I'm saying to you, connect to Vida Church. Connect to the ministries of the church. Pray. Let's fast. Let's seek the presence of God. And I believe that if you just tweak the connections under God, your life is going to be unstoppable. Amen. This is, this is what I call making a difference. We already have the power. You just have to check your connection. Somebody today has to check your connection to God and check your connection to your church. Amen. Next, you got to know your plan. Know your plan. Know your plan. During, during World War II, General MacArthur used an engineer. He asked an engineer how long it would take him to get from this side of a river to the other side. And the engineer said it'll take three days. And, 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 and so uh, MacArthur said, go ahead and make the plans. Three days later, MacArthur came over and asked the engineer, uh, where are the plans? He goes, what are you talking about? The, the bridge is built. If you, if you want plans, that'll take a week. <laughs> some of us all we do is plan we have meetings about the meeting and we, and we, and we talk about what we're going to do and we didn't finish talking about what we're going to do so let's not do it yet let's, let's wait next week and talk some more and then during that meeting oh my god we never thought about that we're going to have to hold it off some more we're going to have to keep planning planning is only good if you do something now, I'm not saying rush it, but if you know what God has called you to do, you don't have to have all the plans. He'll give you the plan as you go. You can trust God to start a life group. You can trust God to join a, 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 the, the young people. You should trust God. You shouldn't say, let me pray about joining that. that thing. Don't pray about it. Join it. You're going to do praying about <laughs> learning about God. No, just join Man, I want you, I want you, I want you to, 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 to know your plan. We, ought, we have to be smart. And we do spend a lot of time planning and preparing. But boy, sometimes it feels like that's all we're doing. Somebody's got to take a plan and run with it. Man. Luke chapter 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Somebody talk about a plan. Preach deliverance to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind and setting at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of our Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister. And then he sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. 
And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your eyes. Deacon, bring me a chair. Bring me a chair. Amen. This is an important lesson that you have to read. This is the stuff that you don't see in the scripture, but it's there. Jesus read this scripture. This is the plan. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me so that I can preach. Now, every time they got together, even still, even still in the synagogue, there's a chair that's empty in the synagogue. You can sit anywhere in the synagogue, but not that chair. That chair belongs to the Messiah, the promised Savior. When Jesus read this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering the sight of the blind. And to set at liberty the, uh, those that are brute to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and he sat down. Where he sat is the story. He sat down in the seat of authority. He sat down in the seat that had been empty for all those years. And he said, for all your planning, for all your praying, it's happening right now. This is over. It's done. I'm here. And what do they do? They called him a blaspheme. They said he was crazy. Because some people don't mind when you plan. You're not a threat while you're planning. But when you sit in the seat of destiny, when you actually take a seat on the seat of destiny for your life, some people are going to get so mad that it's you and not them. Why is it her? Why is it him? And why do they get, they just got here. And what does she think? Who does she think? It? And they're just going to complain because you finally decided the plan's been there forever, but I'm here now. And he sat. Mm. Some of y'all are wandering. You need to sit on the seat of your destiny. Stop walking around and stop playing musical chairs. Listen for when the music stops. The way you played, anybody could sit there. But that seat was designed for you. First of all, that seat's designed for Jesus. And, and, and let me just say, the, the seat of authority in your life, that's not for you. That seat belongs to Jesus. So don't take that seat. That's his. But there's, there is a seat of, of, of authority that's connected to your plan and your purpose. And you've got to find that seat and you've got to sit on it. Somebody say amen. amen. And lastly, number five, you have to know your place. You got to know your place. Where, you, where do you put your purpose? Where do you put your principles to work? Where's the power run through? What's your plan of service? I'm convinced today that that place is Vida Church and the time is right now. I believe that God sent you here. As a matter of fact, I believe that it's no coincidence that you're here today listening to me preach. It's no coincidence that you tapped onto our Facebook page today to listen to this sermon. It's no coincidence. There's something called the here and the now. And you, you're, going to be, you're going to be flirting with your destiny, flirting with making a difference your whole life if you don't find your here and now. 
Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Can we get better? We will get better. I promise you. We're getting better every single week. We are. But don't let what you don't like stop you from what God called you to do. There might be some things that you don't like in our church. I bet you that if you look hard, you'll find that in every church. I guarantee it. Because not every church is for everyone, but I believe that this church is for you. This is your place. This is your here and this is your now. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. He had, a, he had a here and a now. Jesus had an assignment and a territory. He had a place. His influence would be felt around the world over. But he had a here and a now. Can I tell you that your true purpose, your true passion, your true plan is connected to the, to the here and the now? place our awesome God has has placed you exactly where where you, where you need it to be according to his divine wisdom and his providence ever since the foundation of the world God has been moving the cosmos ever since the foundation of the earth God has been moving the elements to prepare it for you five days of creation and then one day he creates man he spent more time preparing the environment for you than he spent on making you. God cares about the here and the now. That's why he moved heaven and earth for you to be here. That's why God brought you here. You might think that it was a conspiracy of, conspiracy of circumstances that led you to this place, but I'm here to tell you that it was by divine nature and divine providence that you're sitting here, that you're connecting to this church. This is your here and this is your now. We can make a difference together. Amen. Often we determine to live for God Sometime in the future, we say, yeah, I'll, I'll do it better next week. I'll go to church next week. I'll become a soul winner in the summer. It's easier for me in the summer. I'll start to have meaningful devotions. When the kids go to college, I don't have time now. But, but, I, but, but isn't it true that most of us think we'll serve God better tomorrow? Isn't that true? Most of us say, I'll, I'll get better. I'll do better. But not now. I can't now. Can I tell you that your greatness is connected to your here and your now? Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.